Let us stand in chapter 6 of Hebrews. Beginning in verse number 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the power of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh off upon it and bring forth herbs, meet with them by whom it is dressed and receive blessings from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, is nigh unto cursing those ends to be burned. Before I read verse number 9, in verse number 4 it says those. Verse number 6 said they and them. Talking about those people who say they are, but not. And I, I love verse 9. But, beloved, we, those who are acclaimed the name of Jesus, those who walk after God, persuade better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for all that you've done. We thank you for your words. We thank you for each one that's here to the Lord. We just pray, Lord, our hearts is where we need to be at this morning. We are living in the last days. And I pray the Lord that we seek you more each and every day, not just on Sunday, but Monday through Friday and Saturday. And we just uh, want to seek your presence in our life, Lord. And we thank you for all the one. Help us heart, the hearts this morning. Help our minds little, be centered upon you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to look at verse number 9. And it said, Things that accompany salvation and that's what i want to preach on things that accompany salvation this morning what are the things that accompany salvation things that come along with that converted life this morning in other words this is what he's saying salvation is just not a standalone act in our lives this morning God saves us that he might be in part of the things uh, besides salvation in your life. Do you realize God did not save everyone or anyone in here that claims to be the name of Jesus in the life as a get out of free hell card this morning? So that you can do whatever you want to do, say whatever you want to do, act any way you want to do. That's not what God saved you for God saved you for a purpose God saved you for a, a, a work God saved you to conform you into the image of his son Jesus Christ this morning he wants to use your life to be a witness and a testimony a shining light salt of the earth that has not lost its Savior, not dead in wickedness of sin. But God wants you to use you in this lost, dying world to those who need Jesus. I, I fear today that uh, salvation brings nothing with it, they, people think. 
I fear the day that we have, we're living in a society and living in a church world that wants a conversion with absolutely no accompaniment to it. No companion to conversion. I want to get saved from the fire. I want to get saved from my sins. But I don't want anything else that comes with a converted life of Jesus Christ this morning. I want to get saved from the judgment. I desire to spend my eternity in heaven and not hell. But that's all I want out of conversion this morning. The world, we're called to be out, out different from this world. I have absolutely no appetite for this world anymore. If that's the way you're thinking this morning, that you are converted and living your life, but you don't want anything that comes along with salvation, and that's the way you're thinking this morning, can I tell you this morning, you're absolutely wrong. And that's not me saying it. That's what the Word of God says. Satan has counterfeited churches out there this morning. Satan has counterfeited words out there this morning. Satan has counterfeited preachers out there this morning. And he's trying to get you swayed off from what God has said. The Bible says having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. That power that changes life with conversion. That power that changes life with salvation. And, and we're seeing it being denied today in a church world. Not sinner's world, but the church world this morning. He says, and things that come with salvation. When God... When salvation entered your life, God gave you that glorious salvation. He didn't give you it. Alone, it came with some things. It's the things that's supposed to help you with your walk in this Christian life this morning. If someone would say, hey, Brother Jim, I, I, I want to invite you over to dinner. I want you to come and have dinner. I'm putting this spread out there, fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, and beets, and biscuits. I, I'd say, yeah, get me on over there. I'm ready for that. But they said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, yeah. I said, well, we want you to come, but we don't want your wife to come. We, we don't like her. I'd, I'd have to say, I love fried chicken. I love some mashed potatoes and beets and biscuits and all that stuff. But I'd have to say no. Because when you ask me, you get everything that comes along with me. Amen. I, I tell you, if you start to acting like, hey, I don't, want, I don't want what comes with salvation. But let me tell you what, that which comes with salvation is an important thing in your life. My wife is important to me. If she wasn't, I wouldn't stay married to her for this long. Amen. I need a medal for that one. I do. Yeah, they, they said, I want Jesus, but I don't want his righteousness. I want Jesus, but I don't want his standards. 
I, I want to live my life what I, the way I want to live my wife and life and do the things I want to do. That's not Bible. I, I don't want the things that accompany salvation and conversion this morning. We went and got a brand new mattress. I got tired of sleeping on that $7,000 worth dollar junk. It's junk. We went and bought a brand new one. If I'd have walked in that store, so look here. If I had a mattress and I said, I like that one, we chose one. I said, can I talk to you for a minute? Does that come with springs? Well, sure it comes with springs. Take them out on one. We can't sell it to you that way. It comes with it. Well, let me, let me ask you a question. Does that, that cover come with it too? Yeah, it comes with it too. Take it off. I don't want it. Sir, the only way you can get this mattress, if it comes like it is right now, it has to have everything with it. It has to have the cover. It has to have the springs. You can't get it any other way. If that's going to leave the store, it has to be as is. All the components have to go with it. Salvation is the same way. There are some things that accompany salvation that we need to get a hold of in our lives and understand that we need this in our lives today, and especially in the church world today. Amen. It, it seems that many Christians to, uh, want to name the name of Christ. The Bible says, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Old Testament said a woman shall lay a hold of a man, but eat her own bread, have her own clothes. In other words, what it said, I want your name only, but nothing else that comes with you. That's what Christianity is today. I want the name of Jesus. I want to be saved from hell. I, I don't want to go to hell, I, but I don't want all that righteousness. I don't want the standards. I don't want to have to deal with all that. So just take that part away. And I'm not preaching on a work-based salvation. But I'm telling you, once you get saved, there is some work to be done. Salvation is by grace through the blood of Jesus Christ. But if you think salvation doesn't come with anything, then you're wrong. You haven't read the Bible. The evidence of salvation is fruits that accompany it. You say, what are the companions? Of subversion, salvation. Can I tell you first, there is a hunger. It's a hunger that the world cannot give. It's a hunger that the world does not have. Look, look at chapter 5, verse number 12. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, you have the need that one teach you again which is the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such and have the need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskilled in the word 
of righteousness. For he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We're missing that in the Christianity world today. Can I say that's where we're at? We have lost our minds when it comes to spiritual discernment. What are we supposed to do with discernment? We're supposed to discern between what is good and what is evil. We're living in a day where Christians will not accept anything from God because they have no discernment. The devil's not stupid. And can I tell you that? He will slap Jesus' name on something. He will slap the Bible on something. He will slap a revival on a church. We're living in a day just because it names Jesus, just because it says Bible, we accept it. But yet there's some things wrong with it. Some things wrong with the church. There's some things wrong with what you're reading. I, I, I'm the King James Version only. Any other version in the, in the, uh, that you have, just close it because it puts off a foul odor in the church. I'm telling you, the King James is it. But what the devil has done, it has slapped the name Bible on something and we said, hey, it looks good. It right, looks right, reads good. I think I'll take that. But you have no discernment from the Word of God from what is evil and what is good this morning. I really have to say this. I might get my pink slip. I don't know. There should be a desire in your life. There, there should be a hunger in your life if you're born again. If you call the name of Jesus as your Savior, then he's going to put a hunger in your soul and in your life for what? To do the things of God. Now, can I say this? I'm not going to beg you to do anything around here. I'll ask you and you say, well, I don't think I want to do that. Well, I'm, I'm going to move on. Move on. I'm not going to beg anybody to do anything. reason why I'm not going to do that because, hey, there should be a hunger inside of you to do the things of God, the work of the house of God, and do what God wants you to do this morning. If you're called, make sure you get involved. Let, let me say that again. If you're called of God, born again, get involved with the things of God, the house of God, the word of God, and the people of God. Amen. That, that's what we should do. But I understand that people don't like that word discernment. We talked about discernment being discernment this morning. And you say, well, all that is trying to do is Judge me. You're right. What is good? What is evil? You're right. 
It, it, it says you need to be able to distinguish from that which is good and that which is bad. We, we've got a foul taste for the word discernment in the church. We think we're trying to use it as judgment. And let me just say there, there are some Christians that use that word to bring judgment on people because they don't like what they're doing. I'm just telling you, you need to make sure that you have discernment in your own life before you start bringing discernment on somebody else's life. Ain't nobody in here perfect. Ain't nobody in right. Ain't nobody died on the cross in here. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But you need to distinguish from good and bad. Don't be afraid of the word discernment. Amen. Put it in your Bring it into your life. Bring it into your family. We need it in the church today more than ever. Discernment. The reason why. Oh, ha. <laughs> got to do that. Got to get that. Ha, right there. The reason why we got so many churches the way they are because they lost the discernment and they allow things to come inside the church and set up and it's not of God. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's just man acting like there's something else but they have no discernment from what's right and what's wrong. If you start letting that go on in your house, you start letting things slip into your house, you're going to wind up in a bad condition. If we start letting it come into the house of God, we're going to wind up in a bad... Don't be afraid of the word discernment. We need it. You need it. I need it in our lives this morning. Discernment. There, there should be immediate hunger in your life when you get saved. Not only for the Word of God, the desire for God, but you ought to have, you ought to be, have a desire for preaching of the Word of God, yep. the singing, the fellowship, the house of God. There should be immediate hunger set inside of you when you get saved. That comes with salvation. Amen. If I said I, I, I'm born again and I love God and I'm going to heaven, but I have no desire to get involved with anything in the house of God. I'd have to say, you need to get born again. Because hunger for the word of God, the things of God, the preaching of God is implanted inside of you. It comes with salvation. Amen. I know you fight it at first, because I did. I, I didn't want to get involved. I want to be those back pew, be one of those back pew sitters. That when the preacher stopped, I got up and left. But the next thing you know, I start finding myself moving more and more closer to the point that I was sitting on the front of the pew. Why? I had a hunger. I had a desire for the things of God. I want to hear the preaching of the Word of God. I want it in my life this morning. Not just a hunger for the word in Hebrews 10, 25. There's a hunger for the body. The church not forsaking the assembling themselves together as manner of some is, but exhorting one and another so much the more as you see the day approaching. People who tell me that they are... <laughs> People who tell me that they are Christians 
on their way to heaven, love God, and never go to church. I have a problem with that. Amen. I, I've got a problem with that. Because that that's not Bible. Bible don't say you can go down in the woods and sit on a stump and have a great time and you in fellowship with the trees. Uh, then you become a tree hugger. Bible says you're going to have fellowship with the house of God and the people of God. You got to get into the house of God. You got to get around the people of God to have fellowship. And when you get converted, there's a hunger for that. There's a desire for that. You know, they have a church a day for. They have a church today down in Charlotte. Beautiful building. Great interior. Just, just immaculate. But you know what the church is for? For those who do not like church. What? You have a church for those who don't like have church. What, do you, what goes on in there? Oh, we're going to sit around and do nothing. We're just going to sit around and drink coffee. In Florida, they had a church like that. It was held in the cafe. And everybody drank coffee, tea. I don't know what else they done. But he preached as he walked around. That's what we got going on in this world today. People, people don't like church, but they create a church for church for people who don't like church. What does the preacher do? Stand up as well, you don't like church. We're just here look at each other. Something wrong with this. There, there should be a hunger and desire for your life to be in the house of God, for the word of God, the preaching of God, the singing of God. That's why I love the singing this morning. It, it, it hit home. That, if you hear that, that, get, that just should break your heart to a swell. And what they sung and how they sung it. Let me ask you this. What you've done, did it come with anything? Well, supposedly what you've done in your life, your conversion, didn't come with anything. If you're happy the way you are and you have no desires for the house of God and the things of God and the preaching of the word of God, then I'd have to question myself. Now, I'm not talking about those who's gotten away from God and gotten out in the world, slipped out in the world and things. I'm talking about those who are sitting on a pews in the house of God this morning. And their hearts are not there. There's not a hunger and there's not a desire in their life for the things of God. If there's never been a real desire in your life for the things of God, the house of God. And something's wrong with your conversion. Something's wrong with it. I'm a Christian. I don't like to go to church. That, that's like me saying, I love butter pecan ice cream, but I don't want the pecans in it. That's like you're saying, I, 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 I watch the fire on TV, but I'm not going to get any heat out of it. It doesn't go that way. 
Doesn't work well. There, there's a hunger. And let me ask you this. And I'm, and I'm not, by all means, I'm not a great preacher. I know a lot of great preachers. I'm just somebody who just stumbles along, try to make my way, and, and just do what God tells me to do. But if you don't like preaching like this, something wrong. Yep. Come on. Or do you like the preaching that makes you feel good? Uh, every day's a Friday. This is your best day yet. Something wrong. I, I, I want preaching that makes me desire the Word of God more. I want preaching that makes me desire the, the house of God more. There's something wrong with your conversion if you claim to be saved, that you don't like the things of God, the Word of God, the power of God. There's something wrong with your conversion because there should be a hunger in your life to come to the house of God. Verse number 9. There are some things that come with salvation. There are some things that come with salvation. Let me ask you this, and you asked yourself this, because I've answered that question for myself. If there's some things that come with salvation, do you have them? Do you have them? You should be able to say, yeah, I, I've been born again and these things are in my life. These things is what I've got. There should be a hunger in your life. Can I say this? There should be a desire in your life. Chapter 6, verse 10, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed towards his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do not minister and do minister. According to verse 10, there will be a work of labor of love to show, to help people of God. Like I said earlier, I do not believe we need to beg somebody to do something. I don't think we ought to beg somebody to come and clean up, beg somebody to go out on hand tracks, beg somebody to go out and knock on doors. I don't believe we ought to beg somebody that. Please don't miss this. He did not say in verse 10, this labor is for the pastors. If your labor, your work is only for the pastor, for only what they ask for you, you're looking for that pat on the back. You're looking for the accolades. You want to be standing and be recognized. If that's all your labor is, then I tell you, you have got the wrong person. You're working for him. You're laboring for him. Why? Because he died for you. And besides that, if you're laboring for me, it won't be long, it'll fade away. I'll forget it. You'll forget it. But if you labor for him, he said, I'll never forget it. 
I'll never forget it. Every time you knock on the door and say, hey, God loves you. Every time you hand out a track, God loves you. Every time you come to the house of God and does something, you're laboring for Him. And He said, I will never forget that. Amen. I'm trying to drive you to go labor for the Lord. Amen. Getting closer to God. You're not laboring for me and I'm not laboring for you. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. And look who the, the labor of love is toward. Labor of love which you have showed toward His name. Why should I labor for Jesus? Why should I pass out tracks? Why should I tell the lost people about Him? Why should I try to help my brother and sisters in need? Why should I pray for them? Why should I have fellowship with them? Because God has been good to you. God's been good to you. When God's been good to you, you ought to show up to other people. And because he loved you, he's been good to you, you want to turn around and show that love to someone else. By telling them how God has changed your life. He was good enough to die on the cross for you. He was good enough to go to the tomb for you. Uh, and he was good enough on the third day to rise for you. That's love. That's labor. That's what he said. And he's saying, hey, if you love me, you'll labor. You know, there's going to be very, there's going to be a lot of times that I'm not going to be able to give you very much from this pulpit. If I don't keep him number one in my eyes. If I don't keep him number one in my mind. And do what pleases him. Because he loves me. He gave himself for me. And because he loved me and died for me. I should want to lay my life down for him. And give him the absolute best. That I can do. I don't measure up all the time. I make mistakes all the time, but I try to give him the absolute best of my life. Can I, can I give you some help this morning in your laboring? Though, for those who are, are, are laboring according to verse 10, God has not forgot it. You may serve God and shake somebody's hands, but don't take long, they'll forget that. God is not forgetting your labor. All the Sunday school teachers, all the uh, bus ministry workers, all those, God is not going to forget your labor and what you do. That's got to be a hunger, got to be a desire. There is a hope. Can I say 
this is not everything that comes with conversion. This is just some things I see. There's a lot more that comes with conversion. We just don't have the time to go through everything that comes with that converted life. Verse number 17, wherein God will in more abundantly to show unto you the heirs of promise and the immutable. That means it does not change. Of his counsel, confirmed by an oath that two immutable things, there are two things that cannot change. Get this, there are two things that cannot change. The counsel of God and God cannot lie. Can't do it. Which is impossible for God to lie. We ought to have a strong consolation. Uh, we have fled to the refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast. And which enter into within the veils. Where, whether the forerunner is the entered. Even Jesus made an high priest. Forever after the order of Melchizedek. We find that we have eternal hope this morning. He said, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. I don't know if any people have been out in the ships, out on the ocean, I mean out there. I've been down in Florida, we went out four or five miles. That was scary, but I've been on the ships and been all the way across the sea. And I, I was on one of the ships heading for Diego Garcia. I, I, I'm a one that thinks ahead. What if a storm comes? Now, I'm on this ship, and I don't see no lifeboats for me to get off. And then I thought, well, if I'm in a storm, why would I want to get off a big ship onto a small ship in a great big raging race? So I had to stop somebody. Hey, if we get into a storm, are you going to drop anchor? No. Ain't that the best thing to do is drop your anchor in a storm so you don't got to move? And he says, no. If you drop anchor in the middle of a storm, you'll probably just flip over. I won't be able to turn the ship into the wave. Why would I want to go into the waves? I'm trying to get away from them. He said, no, you don't understand. The best thing to do is don't drop your anchor. And then he said, which really surprised me. I didn't know this. It wouldn't reach the bottom anyway. Then I got scared because I realized we were out there and we were in the middle of the ocean. It's miles deep. And I don't, I don't think I swim that much. He said, we can't drop it. It ain't going to hook on to nothing. But we need to turn and face the waves in order to get through the storm. Man, I did not know that. Did not know that. Can I tell you, you have an anchor that is sure and steadfast. You got, get this picture. I want you to get this picture. Anchors down here go down. But if you anchor it into him, it goes. Can you get this, get this picture? You're in a storm. The waves are raging on you flashing, beating on you, and it just seems like I'm, I'm going to go down, I'm not going to make it, but I'm going to tie off to that anchor. 
Now the anchor is rooted up there in heaven with Jesus Christ and I'm tied off on this end. What can happen to me? I can go through any storm, any trial because I'm anchored into Him. He's not going to let me go. He's not going to let me sink. Amen. Your anchor is steadfast. Sure. Unmovable. You get tied off to him. You anchor down. He's behind the veils of heaven. The seas may rage down here and the wind may blow down here. But I'm glad there's something that keeps my soul settled down here. So where do you get that as a companion in my conversion? It's, it's what we call in the military standard issue. Never been a military standard issue. Everyone gets the same thing. You don't want it, but you still have to take it. It's part of the initial issue. It comes with a packet. They run you through the, the building. They shave your head. <laughs> it's a bad thing to see all your hair fall off. Well, not for everybody, but it was for me. And they run you through a line. And they look at you and they guess what size you are. Now, I'm going to tell you, I weighed a whole lot when I went in the military. I was 6'2", weighed 142 pounds. I was a mean, lean, skinny boy. And they just guess at the size and throw you four uniforms. Throw you four OD green t-shirts. Throw you four unmentionables. Four pair of socks, two pair of shoes, give you a rucksack. And every one of us standing there, we all got the same thing. They don't, none of them no different. It's part of that initial issue. You have to accept. Salvation the same way. It's part of salvation. You may not like it. You may not want it, but you have to accept it. Because it's part of salvation. There's a hunger in salvation, a desire in salvation. There is a hope in salvation. Hey, I'm just telling you, you might not want the hunger. You might not want that desire, but everybody in here wants that blessed hope this morning. But I tell you right, if both all of them, the hunger and desire, still comes with salvation. Do you have any of these in your conversion this morning? Can you stand and say, you know what? I have a desire for the things of God. The house of God, the people of God. Can you say and says, I've got a hunger that just cannot be filled except I'm in the Word of God and the preaching of God. I've got a hunger down inside of me that I've got to have more and more. You know that old story, you can't eat one, Lay's potato chips? That's true. That's true. That's why I get the small bags. Because if I get a big bag, it is going to be gone. The same things with me with banana pops. Oh, sweet heaven. I know they're full of them up there. 
I can't just eat one. I'll grab a bunch. I just, it just something hits me. I just got to have it. I mean, just, it's a taste that just, I just can't get rid of that taste. I can't satisfy it. It just keeps going and keeps going. The same thing with the word of God and how's God. I got a hunger for it. I cannot get enough of it. That's why when revivals come around, if I can, I go to revivals. We have revivals. I, I, I go and have a desire that somebody preach to me the word of God because I have a hunger for it. Do you have any of those? He said, well, I know I'm born again by the grace of God. But there's some things that I've allowed to slip in my life. The Bible says we're to add faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience. Ooh, we ought to have problems out, don't we? Godliness. And if you're here this morning and you say you're born again and you have not added those things to your life, I'd check my conversion out. You know why many Christians don't enjoy their Christian walk? Because not applied any of the things that come along with salvation. They're constantly resisting preaching. Constantly pushing back at the uh, uh, standards and, and commandments of God. There's no enjoyment in their life. Enjoying the companions that come with it is a blessed hope. You may be here this morning to say, I have no companions of my conversion. I don't have the hope. I'm not anchored down. I don't have desire. I don't have hunger. Can I tell you this morning, you need to come to the altar and let God deal with you.